0: Yeah, you know what you can get me Pee Wee? What? El Hombre That was a catastrophe <laughs> Oh no, <I> know. <laughs> That's That's a new low garage yeah. better El Hombre Brought to you by Hunt Services El Hombre The natural meats, Rudy meats I don't even know how to describe it El Hombre <laughs>
1: He's here, everybody. Look forward to it each and every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Here with Wyman and Bob, we bring in the one, the only, Il Hombre. Michael Bradley with us on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. How are you, man?
0: sure would have liked to hear Dave try to say Tom Telesco.
1: That's easy Dave, Dave played his way out of this job so now I now I get to do it.
0: It's like the, it's like that husband who goes to do the dishes and breaks three of them and never has to do the dishes again.
1: Well that's I
2: did that too actually uh, and <laughs> so th- those are two jobs I really did not fancy and uh, yeah I the other thing is I uh, actually I didn't have to break things I went and just put things in the wrong place. And then it was. Oh, now, yeah. now I can't touch anything in the kitchen. So.
1: <laughs> what about you, Michael? Do you have any jobs that you've been banished from because you you, you purposely screwed them up?
0: No, that's my problem. I, I don't want to do that, so I end up doing laundry and I'm, I do the dishes and I take out the trash and I you know straighten things up. I I learned. My mother taught me too well, and if I, and I get upset at myself if I mess up, so I can't do it.
2: You know, I, I got to say that it's funny how certain tasks, like, you know, the the dishwasher is a, a free-for-all, but, like, it, there's just no, no question whatsoever about the garbage. I mean, I'm the garbage guy. There's, I mean, that, that would never Who happen. Who dictates
1: that, you or? Uh, me. You know, okay.
2: Yeah, I'm not letting my beautiful oh, yeah. wife Same take here. out the garbage.
0: Yeah, and it's got to be done right. It's got to be done right. And yeah. the, and I, I hope you don't mean the dishwasher is a free for all, and that you just pack it willy nilly and helter skelter. It's got to have there's an order to it. It's got to be done right.
1: Well, that's that's how I played my way out, El Hombre. Uh, is <laughs> I, I got fired. Yeah, Dave. Dave calls unloading the dishwasher a grind.
0: <laughs> so oh yeah, boy, that's, that's four minutes of hell. <laughs> four
2: minutes. It's like two. It's only like two forty. I. That's one thing to get me through it. I would time myself just to. Geez.
0: Oh, well, there we go. Brad, uh, that always helps. That's you. when things started Those to break. Unbreakable thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Try to go as fast as you can when you're holding a plate. Yeah. Good yeah. idea.
1: Hey, we're, we're out here trying to figure out who should be the Seahawks head coach, and there's a lot of coordinator names being thrown about that they're going to interview, some of which we've heard of, some of which we have not heard of. Uh, if, you're, if you're in charge of a franchise, do you go with somebody who's had some experience under their belt? Like two of the candidates are Dan Quinn, who's been a head coach, and Raheem Morris, who's been a head coach. The rest are coordinators with no head coaching experience. So which... Do you have a preference? Do you, you like the idea of that young 36, 37, 38-year-old or the guy that's kind of been through it before?
0: I You know, it, it really depends on how the guy did it when he did when he went through it. You know, if you, if you were a guy who lost the locker room, who wasn't able to really create a vision that the players were able to buy into, I don't care if you've coached at three different spots. I don't want you on my team. The, the thing that I would look for if I were a general manager is to find a guy who comes in with a plan that says this is how this team in this city with this ownership group is going to work and with this current personnel and lay it out. Um, You know, there's some guys that come in and say, I'm going to do it whatever way I think is right. I don't care what the personnel is. I don't think, I don't care what the culture of the uh, organization is. That's wrong. I would say, you know, on, on, you know, January 23rd, 2024, here's where you stand. Here's how I'm going to make it work. And it would, you know, it would have to be highly detailed and it would have to show um, exactly how it happened. But I mean, look at Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell goes to Detroit, he didn't have any head coaching experience, but he was somebody who was able to say, I know how to motivate people. I know how to lead. I know how to get players to buy in. And, you know, watching that first, uh, that when he was doing the hard knocks and, yeah. and listening to him in a locker room after a game, my goodness, I don't know anybody who wouldn't want to play for this guy.
2: Yeah, it's, it's funny how he got kind of pigeonholed as the, the meathead guy. And actually, it turns right. out, I mean, the guy really knows football. He played for a long time. But, uh, yeah, it's there's something very, and we always talk about authenticity. I mean, that guy, right. uh, he, he can be whatever he wants, but the players will sniff that out right away.
0: Yeah, and here's the other thing, too. He's got a general manager who has done a great job drafting. I mean, he—he he, yeah. he, this team has some some you know mid round picks. You know, Laporte, a second round pick, Amont Saint Brown, Amont Ross Saint Brown, isn't he like a fourth round pick or something? I think he's fifth, so you have maybe. to have a Is good fourth or fifth. Yeah, you have to have a good tandem of, of play. You know, player personnel people who not had, you know how to get the right guys, and then you got to have a coach that makes them believe and puts them in a position to win. I, I really can't wait to watch this game on on Sunday. I I gotta think that San Francisco is going to win, but you know, if, if, uh, Samuel doesn't play th- this Detroit team can go out there and, and, you know, get itself to a super bowl.
1: You know, yeah. I was, I was looking at some of these stories on the, on the heels of these games, Michael, and, and every one of them, uh, pertaining to the ratings was, you know, Hey, an 8% increase. most watched ever, this game, most watched ever that game. I'm thinking, where does it end for the NFL? As much as we complain about how the game is officiated or what goes on and this is bad for it or this is bad for it, it doesn't seem to resonate when it comes to their, their viewership. It feels like everything they touch turns the gold. And as is, is big as they are, they continue to get bigger. I mean, it, how do they screw this up? It doesn't feel possible at this point. They just continue to get more and I, more I, massive.
0: I, I agree with you. The the Bills-Chiefs game was the had 50.4 million people was the largest audience for a divisional round game ever. And here we are in, in the, the, you know, the time when ratings for everything else are going down, they're being splintered by streaming by, you know, computer stuff, by video games, et cetera. Yet the NFL continues to set records. Um, I, I, I don't know how they're going to, how they could mess it up. The only way that it could be. And I mean, I hate to sound I had to be morbid, but a death on the field. If people just finally said, okay, it's just too violent. But other than that, you know, last year we almost, we had a horrible situation. People came back in droves. They're finding ways to increase their viewership and everybody can laugh at Jason Kelsey taking his shirt off and drinking (laughs) beers with the the Buffalo fans and they can get upset because Taylor Swift is a psyop and is working for the CIA or whatever. (laughs) I don't want to see her, you know, all that nonsense, right? But guess what? I wouldn't be surprised if the NFL paid Jason Kelsey to go out in the tailgate and drink beer out of a bowling ball and then jump into the crowd. I wouldn't be surprised if he got a check for 50 grand to do that because it helped the narrative and made it more of a show. Yeah, I
2: I thought it was fantastic. And Loved it. it. It's funny cool. how uh, people are talking about how nimble he was when he jumped back in the box. Yeah, that, for a big guy, yeah, he's 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 a pro football player. So anyway,
0: uh, is that his 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 wife was complaining. It's like, don't take your shirt off. Or that's you know that's what we heard. Get back in here, right? Yeah, that's he's just a big kid.
2: Yeah. Well, and that's what you should hear from your wife. That's that's what she's there for. So,
0: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so she thinks she's there.
2: Anyway. <laughs> hey, um, first of all, I was going to ask you, who do you hate the most in the NFC East? But that has to be False Face, right, in, in Dallas.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's the Cowboys. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't like the Giants at all. But when the Cowboys play the Giants, I actually root for the Giants. I hate to admit it.
2: Well, we just talked to uh, a guy who's the ESPN reporter for the Giants. And, you know, so one of the candidates candidates is uh, this Kafka guy who apparently, and I don't know if you've ever heard from him, but I guess he's pretty dry. He doesn't really like to talk, and uh, he's not very good at it. So <laughs> I'm not sure if you, you've heard anything about him. But just general thoughts about this younger group of, you know, it seems like every candidate, offensive and defensive coordinator, is, you know, head, head coach candidate, and they're all, like, between 35 and 37.
0: I want to say, if, if Coffey gets a head coaching job, he's going to have to make quite a metamorphosis into a, uh, somebody who talks more. That's a little literary. Uh, have you heard right? him? Because Kafka. Yeah. No, like Kafka wrote The Metamorphosis. Anyway, oh, so I oh, haven't oh, heard oh. him. Gotcha. But see, everybody's trying for that young genius, right? Yeah. Who's that guy who wears the silly clothes in Miami that looks like he's an accountant? What's his name?
2: Oh, uh, Mike McDaniel, the
1: head coach? Yeah, yeah. McDaniel.
0: Yeah. 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 He, everybody looks at him and says, oh, that's the guy we want, right? A little, off, a little different, a little out of, the, out of the normal trend of the coach, young, genius, et cetera. So, I mean, the, the young group of coordinators, is, they under, here's the thing. They understand not only how to, how to play this modern game, they also are analytics guys, too. And you heard the big brouhaha this week over Greg Olson against Michael Wilbon. Wilbon saying analytics are stupid. Greg Olson saying this is the way the game is played now. You got teams going for two points when they're down 15 rather than wait until the second when they're down eight, et cetera. So these younger guys embrace the numbers and they can play this, this uh, you know, the current offensive game. And that impresses general managers because that's the trend and that's how the NFL's going.
1: Hey, by the way, back to back to Kelsey for a moment because Dave and I talked about this yesterday, and I was asking him if he thought that the Kelsey brothers, whenever whenever they both hang it up for good, if they could be the you know Manning brothers two in that they have a huge career as sort of ambassadors for the game, they have these personalities that everybody loves. You know, that's the Mannings. Mannings are NFL royalty, and their careers are are thriving post football. It feels like the Kelsey brothers are the next version of that
0: oh there's absolutely no question about it have you ever heard their podcast these guys tell stories they, they and here's the thing like the mannings they truly like each other right they lived together when they were in college they, they they're close they're 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 tight i mean did you see the video of jason of, of uh jason kelsey telling his daughter last year that he lost the super bowl he's got like his three-year-old daughter sitting on the bench She's like you lost daddy he goes yeah she says uncle travi won right yeah, I didn't want Uncle Travi to win. Well, it's okay that he won. And it's like she's calling him Uncle Travi, so it's clear that they're close. They would be tremendous. They, I would watch anything they did. It, it would, it, it, and they're going to get commercials for the next 30 years as well, just like the Mannings are. I'm trying
2: to think of back in the day. Didn't Dick Butkus get uh, some like a was he on some television show or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, I think oh, he was yeah. an he actor. yeah, he was in the movies. Yeah. He had
0: he was a TV yeah he was an actor and he got TV and and for those of you who don't remember the Light Beer commercials back when they had Dick Butkus and Bubba Smith and Bob Eucher and Rodney Dangerfield is that and when the bowl David would
1: come <laughs> running in is that. Oh, no, that's the Schlitz Malt Liquor
0: Bowl. Oh, okay. This is light beer from Miller. <laughs> Joe Frazier, they had every big-name retired bull come running in. That was when the guy <laughs> be sitting in the, in the hockey goal at a table drinking a beer, and all of a sudden a bull would crash through the boards and knock him over. Yeah, that's um, right. But, but, no, Butkus, was, Butkus got a lot of acting work.
1: Yeah, I thought he was on a sitcom or something. I remember seeing a picture uh... Yeah, when I think
2: it? he. I thought he was too, but
1: yeah, Only I mean,
0: we had a way to find out. Yeah, I, some sort of Google I really machine. The Google machine. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah,
0: I, I, I'm in the midst of that. Uh, I'm
2: curious if if th- those two guys might, you know, enter into something like that, and then, you know, with the Taylor Swift thing, I don't know if that relationship's going to last or not. But
1: uh, does she get dumped? Yeah, it's, that...
0: it's not going. It's not going to.
1: Yeah, it's not gonna last. So it'll be the no. it'll be the material for her new record whenever. She... Didn't you say that she gets right, dumped
2: exactly. and writes? Uh...
1: Yeah, she always writes. Well, I don't know if she gets dumped or if she's the dumper. i have no idea, but it always turns into a new record for her, which yeah. sells like eight billion copies, and she'll make another billion dollars on tour. Yeah.
0: All right. He was Coach Mike Katowinski for fifty-two episodes in Hang Time. Hang Time, uh, which I think was the that was the the one, and he did a bunch of different. You know, he did three episodes of MacGyver. His AIMD page, my two dads, he was in uh, for in, in that I think uh, it says twenty seven, so twenty seven episodes. He did two episodes of Night Court. Uh, so he eleven episodes of Blue Thunder. He was all over the place.
2: Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, you, these guys are, are cut out for that. And I feel like they're both no genuinely funny. I mean. <laughs> You, you don't really think of Dick Butkus as being funny. I, the, the irony, I guess, that, you know, he was trying to be funny and he really was a big, mean, nasty guy, I guess, was, was good. But, yeah, I mean, the, I feel like these guys are, are suited for it, man.
0: No, there's no doubt about it. They've got very gregarious personalities. I mean, Travis Kelsey's doing about seven or eight different commercials. He's yeah. got almost as many as Mahomes. It's yeah. amazing. And and you know Jason's got you know he's got a little less polished than his, his older brother because he's got the beard and he you know is when you saw him take that shirt off he sure didn't look like an NFL player right <laughs> yeah. he looked like the guy who was he looked like a guy who was tailgating and taking his shirt off going well, I could play a couple downs in the NFL. You know, I, I played varsity in high school. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. He he looked like that guy that every freezing cold game with his shirt off, going. It's yeah. not cold. It's not
0: cold. Yeah, yeah. He's the guy. He's the guy who in South Philadelphia walks around in twenty degree temperatures in a hoodie and shorts. Ugh. And I mean, and, and they're and they're all over the place. These big guys, and it's like, dude, it's twenty. What's up, <laughs> man? You know, hey, we- so it's like, all right, I'm not gonna argue with you.
1: Michael, you know this time of year is when the, the mock drafts start coming out, and I, th- I find them entertaining just to look and see what people are thinking, and then they all change once the workouts and the combine happens. But uh, the few that we've looked at either have the Seahawks taking a defensive tackle, one of a couple names, or a quarterback, and the quarterback in at least three that I've seen has been J.J. McCarthy. And we, we talked after the national title game. I wasn't blown away by his ability to throw the ball. He didn't really throw it that much in that game at all. Uh, didn't have to. Um, but give me give me a sense of what you think he is at the next level. Is he does his game translate? I know it's always a crapshoot, but what, what do you think of him at the next level?
0: I think his game absolutely translates to it, to the NFL. And here's why. First of all, he's very young. He's only 20. So he's he's somebody that has a lot of room to develop. He can run. He's got a very strong arm. He's got to learn to throw with more of a touch. His receivers at Michigan were really not that good. All right. And he made a throw. Um, I, it was against, I think it was against Ohio State. There was a receiver running straight up the middle. He had. He was bracketed by two players. The, the linebacker who was on it was a tight end. I think linebacker who was on turned his head and, and, and away from the ball. And McCarthy fired it in a tight window. Only place it could have gone, right into the guy's hand. It was a tremendous throw. He he can do that. He's a smart guy. He's a good leader. And I think he's a good person that you'd want in your your franchise. So it's going to take a couple years. You're not going to have him come in and be a starter right away. He'd have to sit for a year or two, learn the game, continue to develop, learn how to throw some touch passes. His deep ball isn't great. But I think he'd be someone that you'd be happy with in the long run. If you want someone tomorrow to start, he's not your guy.
2: And, Michael, I don't know, remember if if you uh, if this had already happened when we talked to you last week, but uh, Fletcher Cox, when he had the, you're a clown, bro, get out of my face, you know, talking to the guy that was doubting Sirianni. That, I mean, you, you look at the Philadelphia reporters, they're probably used to that, right? I mean, I don't know if that guy was a Philadelphia not, guy. Not
0: really. No? no, that was a Philadelphia guy. It was a Philadelphia guy. It was a guy who covered the team, and it was a legitimate question. I mean, because they're – Look, there, there was a lot of speculation around the NFL, not just in Philadelphia. And, I, you know, for Cox to call somebody a clown, that you know, that's the thats the way that it goes now. When you get asked a question you don't like, you become a bully and you call the, the reporter a name. All you have to say is I got 100% confidence in the guy. I haven't heard anything about him going anywhere. And I think anybody who's talking about that is, is you know, talking out of their, their, their uh, you know, uh, the wrong hole. So it's like, you know what? That's what, that's all you have to do. You don't have to call somebody a clown because the guy who asked it wasn't some scrub or some guy with a podcast that, you you know, is just trying to get some attention. He was somebody who who covered the team and was asking a legitimate question.
1: Were you bummed at all that it looks like Sirianni is going to remain there? Is that, is that the right move or the wrong move?
0: I think it's the right move, believe it or not. And the reason I say it is, you know, this is a guy who's won two thirds of his games He's been in the playoffs the last three years, went to the Super Bowl last year, has to get two new coordinators, and they, they're in the process of doing that now. He's fired both, both of them. They won't be back. Matt, Patricia, and his pencil are gone. So <laughs> it, it, it's going to be a fresh start beneath him. And this is usually how it goes, right? If you're going to keep the coaching, you're going to blame it on the coordinators. You've got to get two new coordinators. Now they better turn it around next year, and it's not going to be easy. Eagles got an awful lot of pub holes. Their safeties are weak. Their linebackers are weak. They're going to need one defensive end. They're going to need uh, pr- at least a lineman because if uh, um, Kelsey retires and move Cam Jurgens over from guard, there's no way Sua Apeta is a real starting guard in the NFL. Uh, they need a running back because DeAndre Swift's probably going to leave. They need a third receiver. They got a lot of needs. They're going to get some supplemental draft picks because they lost some free agents. But, sirianni has got a tough job next year because he's got to win this team back over, and then he's got to win with what are going to be some. You know, you can't find twelve new stars. You're going to have some guys that are a little bit below out below par, and that's not always easy to win with.
2: Are, are you one that uh, loves the extravaganza of the NFL Combine? Mm-hmm. I can't remember if you. That no, was... I, no, I no,
0: I I can't do it. I, I can't I, do it. I, I mean, have I, you I, watched I, it lately? I did not. I find. Yeah, I have. I mean, I, I watch it, and it's like, okay, now we got a bunch of fat guys going to run a cone drill. And, and then you're going to hear someone talking about hip drop and ankle flexion. And it's like, uh, I I've I done I don't do, do it for him. And he's I'm he's sorry.
1: twitchy. He's twitchy. That's yeah. right. That's a good term. twitchy, right. He's twitchy, right. Like
0: he's twitchy, right? right. Loves ball. Loves, loves to play ball. Loves ball. Right? That's
1: good, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, loves ball. Loves him. He's, he's the opposite of Anthony Rendon.
1: Yeah. Oh, jeez. What a knucklehead. What a knucklehead. Stealing money. I love that Papelbon, who I'm not a fan of, came out and said, yeah, I was teammates with the guy. He hates baseball. (laughs) It's like, wow.
0: Exactly. Nobody likes Papelbon. So when Papelbon's coming out and telling people you're a bad guy, you're a bad guy. (laughs) He would know. He would know. Exactly.
1: Quickly, before we let you go, have you ever seen the movie Super Troopers? I have not. Okay. All right. We were having a debate about it. And but you I tried, uh,
0: wh- wh- oh, really? No, I've never seen that one. And what's the one with McLovin in it?
2: That's... Oh, that's uh, Super Ben. Yeah.
0: I over, I, I, that's overrated. And I can't stand movies like that because and people are going to get all mad at me for saying this, but they could have gotten out of the trouble very easily by just sort of taking a step to the side. Instead, they just kept going straight ahead into more trouble. So always, <laughs> that always irritates
1: me. Oh, you got to suspend disbelief there. He is he is oh, El Ombre. Yeah. Michael Bradley is <laughs> with us every single Tuesday at 5 o'clock. You find him here, and you can find him on Twitter, at Daily ombre, is where you find him there. Michael, have a great week. We'll talk again next week, my friend.
0: So long, suckers.
1: There you go. He hasn't even seen it, but if he doesn't like Superbad, he's probably not going to like Super Troopers. That's what I'm thinking. I don't think he likes Silly. Superbad was good. I agree. I agree. That's, funny. I agree. That's, a, that's a feather in your cap that you like that super movie. Super Troop. But then when you super talk troopers, about Super Troopers, so we take that feather back out of your cap. Not so much. You're featherless. All right, coming up, uh, what do the 10 most important Seahawks for next season tell us about the state of this team's roster? We're going to get into that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710. Wyman and
0: Bob on Seattle Sports.
1: Our thanks to Elombre Michael Bradley who joined us in the previous segment in case you guys just tuned in that conversation will be available on the podcast page after the show at seattlesports.com. Dave and I went through our top 10 Players for twenty twenty four for the Seattle Seahawks that are currently on the roster that we felt like regardless of their contract situation, they're signed, they're unsigned. These are just ten guys that we each felt you gotta have them back. One of the things we uh one of the things we noticed is A, there were no O linemen in there. That that's a that's a big uh omission. That we each had Jordan Brooks as the only linebacker in there. We didn't. None, neither of us had Tariq Woolen, which I'd like to see him back because I'd like to see. All right, he he had a really good year, and then a not so good year. So who is he? Is he something in between? I'm very curious to see what he becomes. I don't think there's any danger that he's not here, but but uh, what what was the most glaring thing to me was the O line that we didn't have any of those guys. But I think you know when you when you look at the season, it's easy to see why it wasn't. If they had played with the same five guys and they played that way, he'd be going. You got some issues. You got to address. I, yeah. I just don't know what a realistic expectation was, considering the level of turnover that started at the end of the first half of the first game and continued through the entire season i mean it was that was unprecedented. They've yeah. had some bad o lines when there were some really bad o lines when when Russell was here, but this was just sort of bad in in ways that it was. Not because they're not good, is you're throwing in a rookie at one time, you had Phil Haynes in there, and then he's hurt, and then this guy's hurt, and Evan Evan Brown's moving from center to guard. You throw Ola with Timmy in there. I mean, it was just a hodgepodge all year. Yeah, I mean that that was pretty alarming. I'm gonna I'm gonna go though with defensive backs.
2: Um, because first we didn't of all, throw them in there? Last year last year at this time, you, you would have had you would have had uh Kobe Bryant you would have had reek woolen you would have had quandre diggs and maybe jamal adams i mean i don't know i can't remember exactly he was he was gonna maybe be ready for uh
1: the the next year at that time but yeah if we'd have done this last year the dbs would have you might have put in mike jackson yeah maybe trey brown i don't think would have been in because i think we were both confused by his year last year
2: yeah well he he didn't get in a lot and then i think I felt like you got on the wrong side of the law there at one point, one of the coaches, but, but yeah. So you look at the the list and just briefly, it's, uh, it's Ken Walker, Tyler Lockett, Jordan Brooks, Julian Love for me, uh, JSN, Big Cat Williams, Gino, Boye, DK, and Devin Witherspoon. And yeah, I mean, I, you're definitely missing the offensive line. No question about that. And again, I feel like that's one that last year, we probably would have had those two guys in there, but yeah, you look at uh, you know as far as the defensive backs go, man. You, I think you would you would have to say this is a this is a team that has underperformed. They didn't get the most out of you know their their defensive backs.
1: Sorry, I was communicating with a uh, left there.
2: You you
1: didn't you want me to repeat what I just said? Everything you just said. Yeah. <laughs> repeat every word of it and take two. Uh, yeah. No, I, I I get what you're 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 saying there and and. Listen, I I don't think they're in dire straits at any of these positions. I don't. I'm not panicked about any. I, I do have concern about the the linebacker spot. I don't have the O line is is as much as it was a, a revolving door. Are you worried about it? Are you? I, I still have faith that Charles Cross I think is a good left tackle. Is he great yet? No, but I don't think he was bad. I think he was just he was average. I think he needs to be better. When you're talking about a ninth overall pick, he needs to turn into a guy who's you know, kind of a pro bowl level, hopefully caliber left tackle. If Abe Lucas could be healthy, I think you'd feel really good about your tackles. Anthony Bradford, like we talked about, I'm not giving up on him. He was, he was, he's got the nasty that you talked about that you love Um yeah, and Olu, you think he's going to develop
2: next? I mean, the, really, the big disappointing one to me is Damian Lewis just yeah. because of the way he started. And it was like from day one, he was going to be the starter. And he was. He was during camp and all the way through. and But he just kind of had mediocre. They haven't been known for, you know, their, their great blocking. I mean, I think maybe their best guard is Phil Haynes you know can stay healthy he can't stay healthy so yeah it's it'll it'll be interesting to see but i think it's very key that anthony bradford and olu develop they take that that next year step so um and then you know i feel i feel like we'll be okay as far as offensive line goes other than the the threat of uh, abraham lucas not being healthy but yeah, I mean, uh, it just kind of stood out to me when we were going through that and thinking, "Hey, last year at this time, we were really excited about the defensive backs. Now, really the only one we talked about, well, I I brought I put Julian Love on there, and that was not a guy that they had at that point at the right. end of the year. They got him in an off-season acquisition but or um, Witherspoon. And then Witherspoon's the other one and you know, never would have thought they would have drafted him at number 5 and he was,
1: was probably the best player on their team. Do you think and we we've touched on this a bit before, but just when you see a guy come out and have that sort of surprising year, and, it, and I guess it's not surprising because he's a number five overall pick, but it, I'm a little surprised he played that well that early and consistently throughout the year. It doesn't mean he's mistake free, but he was. Man, I mean, we both agree he's the best defensive player on the team this year.
2: Well, and I keep uh, I keep kind of throwing the superlatives at him, but I'm trying to remember a better rookie year of. Anybody on the Seahawks since I've been covering them anyway, and I I, that goes back to to loaf last year, loaf to Tupu, six. I mean, he got Pro Bowler. Yeah, I wouldn't compare it to what Devin Witherspoon did. I mean, I feel like Spoon was just all over the place, and just the fact that he was out there so much, and then he made all kinds of he made every kind of play you want. The interception, the interception for a touchdown, the sack, um, you know, big hits, Mm -hmm. um, knocking down passes. You know we we've talked about this play quite a bit, but the just his sense on the field where he puts his hand up uh, in the 49er game yep. with the back of his hand knocks down a play because he's sort of estimating where that football is going, looking at the
1: receiver's eyes. And
2: yeah, I mean it's he just he did every kind of play. Yeah, Reek Woolen was a great surprise, and I you know I would throw Lofa Tatupu in there. Lofa was amazing. But do you his, think there's adjustment
1: that can be made to Witherspoon the way we saw with Trey Flowers who had that really promising rookie year then he took a step back reek woolen had a tremendously promising rookie year pro bowler took a big step back i don't know how much of that is just we maybe we overestimated trey flowers talent and and i don't i hope that's not the case with reek woolen but could you see that same scenario with witherspoon that all right the league knows what he does now so maybe we see something different next year
2: absolutely not no No way. I mean, that's how he plays. If you look at the the way, and also his smarts. I think what sealed the deal for me was asking him about disguising blitzes and him taking me through the whole thing of you know what he looks at and how he times things up. And then he just plays at a different speed. And if you want to know what I'm talking about, watch the Baltimore defense play this week. I mean, I think the 49ers they didn't have a great day defensively, like we talked about Mark with Mark Schlereth. But yeah, I mean, I don't that that kind of speed and that sort of urgency that he plays with never goes away. That's just who he is. So, you know, I don't, and then, I mean, he did all kinds of different things. Like I said, it wasn't like he's just out on coverage. He was, he was all over the place. Forced fumble, um, fumble recovery, big hit. Like I said, knocked down 16 or 20 passes, something like that. It was, he, he, yeah, I I think that that's just how he plays. The biggest threat for him is going to be injuries. Because of his size, not necessarily, or but
1: is the way he plays? I think it's the
2: way he plays. And and look, he can beef up and everything, but look, I, I don't think he had injury problems at Illinois. But you play seventeen games, and you're a hundred percent of the snaps, and you're flying around, and you know, putting your body out in harm's way like he does. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna happen. But hopefully, I don't mean to be negative about it, but I just still think about the play he got hurt on against San Francisco. How he was just. When I watch my cat like hunt mice or birds or whatever, like he's entirely stretched out the entire way with his claws <laughs> trying to get, and that's what, that's exactly what food looks like, man. He looks like he's just looks hunting. like Oliver. Yeah, I mean, just uh, it's so impressive. But that was the play that he got he got hurt on. I, somehow he got a hip pointer.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> whatever that is. I don't know if we've determined exactly what that no, is. No, I never had one. So yeah, that's the, the rare injury that you haven't sustained. They say that it's very, very painful. And, the,
2: like, you'll know. And I don't know if it's like a bursa sack or something. But, I mean, I'm surprised he doesn't he doesn't get more beat up. But I think that's going to be the biggest threat for him.
1: By the way, when you talked, you were talking to Alombre about, you know, breaking dishes or whatever, he said, uh, Dane and Bothell said, let's be clear, Dave went to do the dishes and they broke him. <laughs>
0: no,
2: I, I, he was on the right track because I was going to say, I didn't break them; they just broke. Yeah, okay. that's what happens. Like in here, like remember that one day, like I didn't I barely touched the microphone and it broke. It just broke. He just looked at it and it didn't snapped. Didn't something
1: just break earlier today too? I don't something know. broke today.
2: Oh well, the the wire was cutting out, so I put it over on Stacy's. It's the microphone. wire's fault. The it's wire the just happened fault. to break on your headset. No one else's headset. Dave's I don't. just unlucky. <laughs> It's just unlucky. That's all. Like I said, things just happen. I didn't. I didn't do anything. <laughs> do you see me over here jump roping with the the wire? I didn't or anything, see any jump Bob? roping. No, no? Okay.
1: I did not. <laughs> so there we go. That would be weird if we did see that. I'm perfectly innocent. All right, coming up. It's not Wednesday yet, but we learned that there are some things bugging us today. We're going to hear about all of those and find out what we learned. It's Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on Seven Ten.
0: This is a house of
1: learned doctors.
0: What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What did we learn today? No one's a bigger idiot than me. But it is the easiest way out.
1: Lots of learning today, I have a sense. We've we've learned a lot of things, Dave. Do you feel full? Are you full of knowledge? Never. Oh, yeah. I can, I mean, I'm so thirsty. He's full of knowledge. knowledge. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Boy, you're getting it from everybody back there. Yeah. <laughs> Linnell, Linnell, you have anything to say? No, you're a nice guy. Okay, thank I think, you. I think if there were a mic in front of him, he might have something to say. But uh, yeah. Matt would write things down for him <laughs> yeah, to say. say. Matt would go say this. Say this,
2: yeah. <laughs> for, well, a guy, for a guy who watches cartoons as <laughs> a grown man.
1: That is libel and slander. I hate <laughs> cartoons. You watch one. What, what I what? watch Daredevil. It's a live-action show, and you're really getting on my last nerve, Dave. <laughs> Save it for tomorrow. What, what we learned today, Left? Oh, uh, well, yeah. Speaking of Wyman, we learned that uh, he's feeling neglected again.
2: That's, that's just what I think that, that Harbaugh, and this is just my guess. Obviously, we're speculating because we know the Seahawks aren't going to leak any kind of information whatsoever. You know, you can't even get a text back from anybody over there in that building. You know, if I... If I text the security guys right now, they won't text me back. I mean, no. Um, do you think Mark Schlereth could get a text back? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I um, think he could. Maybe I will. Let's have him try it. I'll have yeah. Mark you know, <laughs> text him because they seem to love him. By the way, if, if this were... I've been what? here 20 years, and I can't get the treatment he gets. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> so that goes back to uh, when he came out to do the Packers game, and, you know, he... Got a lift in. He comes in. Yeah, I was getting like a cavity search at the uh, security gate. <laughs> and I've been here for 20 years, 20th year, whatever, you know, covering the Seahawks. And he was like, you know, he got a front row uh, parking spot. Was up in the main cafeteria eating at the the five-star dining up there. I mean, he was in the weight room working out. But he knows people. That's the thing. I, I think one of, the, one of the strength coaches is either – Ivan or Grant, I can't remember which one, they um, their fellow Idaho Vandals alums.
1: Is there anything he wouldn't be able to do if he called ahead and said, hey, this is Schlereth, I'm coming into town, I'd like to get something to eat, use your weight room, your steam room, whatever they've got in there? Is is there anybody that's going to go, no, 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 no? Yeah, but you know him. I mean, he's going to wear on people. He's going to wear them down. Eventually, He's going to wear that They're going to get sick of Eventually, they're going to be like, uh, we're sick of this guy. That Are don't you happen. leaving tonight, Mark, or did you need us to book your room? Yeah. I feel like he could get away with a lot. Remember he came down there and
2: he was like in uh, like a pair of Wranglers or whatever the hell he wears. And then uh, he had a you know a T-shirt on and it's all just soaked. soaked. Yeah, yeah, because he's in there getting a workout in. Yeah, I do remember that. I'm like, did they not
1: get you a locker and give you a <laughs> massage and all that? <laughs> At least get you a, a fresh shirt or something because you needed that. Uh, what else did we learn last Yeah, time? well, speaking of Mark, uh, we learned that these Tuesdays with Schlereth uh, make all of us nervous. <laughs> Mark Schlereth joins us on the program. You never want to miss that conversation, as we always say. Very nervous. Twenty minutes for Dave Wyman. He's got his finger just hovering over the dump button.
2: Yeah, I Matt, you better you better be beware. It's been a long time. That's I'm what I'm just scared. saying. You know, he's due. He's He's due due to to say something. It's been like seven or eight weeks. He's been on his
1: best behavior. We've had to hover over the the dump button. Yeah, almost a month since he's done the one thing we can't do. Way to go. Good job. (laughs) For for a guy
0: who has a radio show every morning, by the way.
1: And who knows? that he can't do that.
2: Well, it's like I said, when he comes out here, he feels like he can just do whatever he wants. You know, come in here. Woo. <laughs> just it always done. reminds me of that scene from uh, The Hangover. Oh, let's go to Vegas and get <laughs> drunk and act <Connect laughs> stupid. Woo-hoo. Yeah, that's, that's Mark when he comes on this show. Not up in
1: here. <laughs> I love that scene. Uh. <laughs> when a player does it, I get it. When a guest does it, I get it when another broadcaster does it, I'm just confused. Hmm. That's your job. <laughs> tell him that next time. Well, no, I'm not like, going to tell him uh, that. <laughs> oh, I'm only like, saying this because I know, know he's not
2: listening. Yeah, let him know. <laughs> he knows. He knows. Yeah. I just think he he does certain things to get at you. Um, yeah, this goes back to 1995. I've, I've known him since then. Yeah, he likes to... He likes, he to, likes to needle. needle.
1: Yeah. I, I like that you think he would wear on people <laughs> he was, he was a, at some point people in that building would be like all right enough of this guy he's not funny anymore he's not charming anymore could you please exit the premises well unfortunately he's he's still funny and charming i, I like mark he's a good dude he is good he is funny uh what else did we learn uh it could be a preview of tomorrow we could carry this over to what's bugging bob but we learned that uh, again we have restroom issues there's a perpetrator in the building somebody who's just got a really bad habit of not flushing the urinal why why what do they what i don't get the mentality what's the what's the motivation they think they're saving water they're not cuz i'm going to flush it use it flush it again right and it, why wouldn't you just use it because i don't want any little splatter coming up on my if pants. there happens <laughs> to
2: be if there happens to be a splatter and it's your own you live with that. I don't prefer it, as
1: we you said. I don't prefer but, it, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I can tolerate it. Somebody more than else's? Somebody else's. Where well, that filthy animal has been? N- nobody wins. What he's putting in his body? Nobody wins, Dave. <sighs> I don't get what what's going on with some people. And we know it's out in the newsroom because I, we've got a very contained staff here. We know when we're here late at night, when it's just me and you and Lefko and Matt, it happens. And we're the only four on this side of the building. So it's somebody on the news side. Yeah. Those responsible journalists out there don't even know how to flush a toilet. Come on, man. It is obnoxious, Dave. It doesn't make any sense. But, you you know, summertime, you learn a tough lesson about how that thing functions. Because often we're wearing shorts. You use a urinal, you feel a little, little spray sometimes. And you're like, man, if somebody else was in here and they didn't flush and you didn't pay any attention, you're being sprayed with their... Yeah, it's so disgusting. fluids. I don't know. They it's think, not right. They think they're being a conservationist, maybe. I, I, I don't know how they could think that. Do they yeah. think everybody's just going to go, oh, well, I'll just use it? No. No, no, no. It's going to get flushed. Because most people are civilized, Dave, except for the animal who keeps doing that.
2: Yeah, now I feel like they're just messing with us.
1: I kind of think they are.
2: I think Bob's going to take somebody down, though. He seems the most angry about it. It's frustrating somebody me. Somebody might get throat punched. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Somebody's gonna get choked unconscious and I'm just yeah. gonna lay their head on top of the urinal right there. Yeah. And just they can wake up there and go, <laughs> Huh. What happened? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not it's not cool. It's inconsiderate is what it is, Dave. It's just gross. Yeah. It's nasty. Did we learn anything else? Uh no. We learned that we'll complain about that tomorrow, probably. <laughs> yeah, every day until it's <laughs> resolved. Until we catch the culprit. Everybody denies it. I've confronted a few people in there and they're oh no, no, no. That is gross. You're right. And you guys think they're they're just BSing me. You think? Yeah, I think they are. <laughs> They've heard about it by now. Yeah. Yeah. They know they're monsters, and they don't care. A <laughs> bunch of monsters on that side of the building. All right. That does it for us. I want to thank our guests today, Mark Schlereth, Jordan Ronan, and, of course, El Hombre, Michael Bradley, all providing great, great stuff. So if you missed any of it, do yourself a favor, head to the podcast page at seattlesports.com, click the podcast tab, scroll down to our picture, and click on that, and it's right there waiting for you after the show each and every day, or... Just click subscribe, and you'll never have to go through that process again. You'll wake up every day with a brand-new episode waiting for you like a Christmas present. It's beautiful. Have a great night, everybody. We're back tomorrow with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710.